Hello and welcome to another edition of the Be Bullish podcast. I'm Alex Ely, CIO of the U.S. Growth Equity Team here at Macquarie Asset Management. Thank you for listening in. Um, we're going to try something different today in terms of looking at the economy, what's going on, lots of action in the equity markets. I I'm going to try and explain to you why this is happening um, and, and why many people are missing it uh, as we speak. Um, first off, um, I, I want to give a hot take. What, what I see right now is that we are entering a deflationary phase for the economy. That's right, deflation. Everyone out there is talking about inflation, whether it be pundits or the Fed or uh, officials or everybody that you see on TV talking about inflation, that it's sticky, it's not going away. Um, I don't believe that's the case. And I think the equity markets are sniffing this out. I think that's why equities are doing better and why growth is doing better uh, than value within the markets when it comes to the third quarter so far. So why do I believe this? I mean, we just had a number this week uh, where the CPI came in at eight and a half percent. How can I be saying that um, things are, are, are becoming deflationary? It's because these things are all in the rearview mirror. Um, the things that people are talking about are in the past, and that won't reward you when it comes to investment. You have to see where things are going in the future. And what I think we've experienced is a pandemic whipsaw when it comes to pricing, uh, which is, of course is leveraged to supply and demand. We've been going through this for this pandemic now for well over a couple of years, and the after effects will be felt for years to come. But in terms of where we are right now, um, we just saw a, a lot of crazy action within um, different kinds of stimulus and different kinds of supply chain issues that have created inflation. But a lot of those issues are going away and they're going away fast. First off, when it comes to fiscal and monetary stimulus, we saw historic levels of support by the Fed in terms of buying bonds in all kinds of different verticals, never happened before, um, along with rates being at 0% for, for about two years. Uh, fiscal policy, um, we've never seen trillions of dollars just given out to the public across the board uh, in the form of stimulus checks, extra unemployment, extra child care tax credits, um, suspension of evictions and things like that. Um, never before seen that. And that created a, 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 a bubble in pandemic demand, I would say, where um, there was extra demand during that period. And they did it at specifically a time when the supply chain was constrained because we were still in the pandemic. We were still seeing factory shutdowns in areas like, like China, um, which directly affected all kinds of different products that we had. But in general, uh, we pushed all this money into people's hands and they went to go buy the goods and they couldn't buy it. So what happens then? Well, the stores all, uh, in, in some cases, double ordered or over ordered. Look at what happened with Target and with Walmart, where where you basically have seen them have to do two different write downs in the last six weeks of the products that they have because they've ordered too much stuff because they were extrapolating out the extra ordering that was done due to the fiscal stimulus uh, last year uh, out into the future. So they just managed it incorrectly. I believe that pundits and, and investment people are looking at inflation the same way, where they're just stretching that out and thinking, oh, it'll just continue to in, into the future, whether it be um, commodity costs or cost of goods, cost of labor, what have you. Well, let, let me tell you what's really happening. The supply chain is improving right now. 
Right now, the supply chain is improving and it's modest. It's, it's not as quick as we might have hoped or would have thought that it would be. But as we get into next year, we are going to see a significant improvement in my mind when it comes to the supply chain. I think that we are going to see things move a lot smoother and it's going to have a direct effect. Let me show you one early effect that I, I just saw in our most recent uh, inflationary report. It's in autos. Autos were down about 0.4% um, year when it came to year on year in terms of growth. Um, and that's significant. Used auto prices are up 60%, 6-0% over the last two years. There's plenty of room for those numbers to come back down. Another area where we're seeing supply chain improving, ocean freight. Uh, the price of, of a uh, ocean freight container is still way up from before the pandemic, but it's down about 25% from peak. That's significant. And in fact, the delays at the ports are beginning to loosen up. At the largest port in, in Los Angeles, as an example, when we were talking about freight delays and ship delays and so forth, there were about 112 container ships waiting to, in essence, dock to be unloaded. That number was down to 45 in May. It's down to 22 today. So things are improving on that end, which is one of the reasons that ocean freight costs are coming down. Trucking also coming down. The price of trucking is, is coming in significantly. Those prices still have a ways to go to reach where they were pre-pandemic, but they're going to be much better. Now, on the inflation side, I can tip my hat to the fact that labor and rents are chronically sticky very likely to come down with you know very quickly uh, but i do see them flattening out next year and i do see housing flattening out as this bottleneck of people trying to move uh, is resolved and we should see those prices flatten we should also see labor flatten and commodity costs have already come in uh, in many cases they're down 20 30 40 50% um when it comes to different commodities uh, as an example, gas is just under $4 nationally uh, for the first time in months today. Um, that will begin to matter. And what this all means for the markets is it, it's bullish. That's what it is. Um, and you can't get me off of it. We're just in such a, a great age when it comes to investment. And the reason this is bullish is that inflation is bad for the economy. It, it clouds visibility. It makes it so that people can't plan for the future. And of course, it eats out of people's real wages. As you see inflation come down, that means consumer confidence will improve. That means that the future uh, is, it, it can be seen more clearly. And as that happens, that's better for equity prices because in many cases, they're long duration assets. And now we can fully appreciate what's going to happen in two years and three years and four years. And this is why it's particularly good for growth. Growth stocks and growth equities in general are long duration assets. We're counting on what's going to happen a couple years from now. But with so many macro uh, headwinds and, and, and misdirection and so forth, it makes it harder to invest in those companies. So people have gone to value. That now reverses. Value, value areas of the market benefit from higher levels uh, of inflation. When you look at food as an example, uh, totally benefiting from higher uh, inflation costs. When you look at energy, material companies, chemical companies, real estate companies, all bigger positions when it comes to the value indices 
all of those benefit from, from, from inflation. And as we go into next year, that's going to soften the revenue momentum of those energy companies, of those material companies, and so forth, because they'll be annualizing really big uh, numbers um, when it comes to the products that they'll be selling. And we'll be entering this environment where deflation goes much or inflation goes much, much lower. And in fact, I do think we could be headed for deflation uh, when it comes for the economy for a, a year from now, especially if the Ukraine war ends. Uh, so th there is a lot to be positive about. There is a lot to be interested when it comes to the market. And, and, and we are positive. Now, still people will come and say, yes, if you look at the kind of uh, economic numbers that we're dealing with, it shows that we're going into a recession. And what I would say is, sure, it's possible we could go into a soft recession, but I would say that it's much more like 9091, where we work our way out of it quite quickly over a six, nine, nine month period of time, and then we're off to the races, than it is 0809 or it is 2000. When it came to 0809, consumers were in a, a much worse debt position. They are not in a poor position today. Consumers have more cash than debt for the first time in decades. Household consumer debt finance levels are the lowest that they've been in 35 years. And it's because um, we were really hard on the banks post 0809. And we made it so that, that they would have to have higher standards when it came to lending because of regulation and stress tests. So therefore, they didn't lend as much, which puts the consumers in a better spot, but has also put money center banks and regional banks in a better spot um, because they're not over levered. They're in a good position as well. And again, you can see that happening in the prices of bank stocks uh, going out, whether they be regional or international um, right now in the market. And by the way, as a sidebar, um, it's always great to see bank stocks do well. When banking does well, um, that's the grease for the economy. Um, and, and that helps support growth, helps support overall economic growth. I also don't think it's like 2000. Yes, I think there was some bubbling when it came to uh, certain pandemic items, maybe in e-commerce, things like that, that, that have been wound down or so forth. But this is not like 99, 2000, where, where we were on the tail end of an 18-year period where the markets had gone up 1,400% on the S&P uh, from the old highs in 1982. We're at a point right now where the equity markets or the S&P is up about 177%, um, excluding dividends, over the last 22 years. Uh, to us, that's not extended on an historic basis. Um, so we feel like the market's in an okay spot. We feel like the consumers and banking banks are in an okay spot. And as we keep getting more and more information throughout the year and into next year of less and less and less inflation, people will be more confident about the future. They'll be more confident that the Fed won't continue to be raising rates. They'll be more confident that there'll be liquidity that's there when needed um, for the markets. And the change here can happen quickly. And I think you could really been able to see this over the last month. People are out of position. They've sold all of their growth stocks or they're short all the growth stocks and they, they don't believe that in, in the future and they're worried about inflation and so forth. If these inflationary uh, pressures dissipate, which I believe they will, and then get much lower than where people think they, they can go, which I think will happen as we go into the first half of next year, that's particularly good for growth because we're not counting on inflation for, for revenue rates to increase 
when it comes to growth companies. We're just counting on an economy that's stable at where people can continue to move money to areas that are better, cheaper, faster than the old ways of doing things. And, and an easy way to talk about this and how it's all anchored is in digitalization trends. These are digitalization trends that we're going through, going through, whether they be virtual healthcare, whether it be what's happening with autonomous driving and electric vehicles, what's happening with software when it, and how it's affecting every business model, um, even how it's happening with where people live and hybrid working. Those are all digitalization trends that, that have been going on for decades, but will accelerate here as we go into uh, the end of the decade, as for the first time in history, we're all connected and we have this ability to work anywhere, to learn anywhere, to watch content anywhere and communicate with anyone else in the world for the first time in history. It's really an exciting time and it's an exciting time to be a portfolio manager. Very interesting to see the action in the markets. Um, I hope to, to uh, talk to you again soon about where we are and hopefully uh, the inflation numbers will be lower again then. Uh, so I appreciate everyone listening in. Uh, thank you very much. That's another uh, Be Bullish podcast. Have a great day. This recording is intended for financial professionals and institutional investors only. This is not intended for use with the general public. The views expressed in this podcast represent those of the speaker and are subject to change. Nothing presented should be construed as a recommendation to purchase or sell any security or follow any investment technique or strategy and does not constitute advice, an advertisement, an invitation, a confirmation, an offer or a solicitation to engage in any investment activity or an offer of any banking or financial service. Throughout this presentation, various securities and companies are referenced. Examples given are for illustrative purposes only and were not chosen based on performance. This is not a recommendation to buy or sell any security. Investing involves risk, including the possible loss of principal. All examples herein are for illustrative purposes only and there can be no assurance that any particular investment objectives will be realized or any investment strategy seeking to achieve such objective will be successful. Past performance is not a reliable indication of future performance. Before acting on any information, you should consider the appropriateness of it with regard to your particular objectives, financial situation and needs, and seek advice. No representation or warranty, expressed or implied, is made as to the accuracy or completeness of the information, opinions, and conclusions presented. In preparing this recording, reliance has been placed without independent verification on the accuracy and the completeness of all information available from external sources. Macquarie Asset Management is the marketing name for the Asset Management Division of Macquarie Group. Investment products and advisory services are distributed and offered by and referred through affiliates, which include Delaware Distributors LP, a registered broker-dealer and member of the Financial Industry Regulatory Authority, and Macquarie Investment Management Business Trust, a Securities and Exchange Commission registered investment advisor. Investment advisory services are provided by a series of Macquarie Investment Management Business Trusts. Other than Macquarie Bank Limited, none of the entities noted in this podcast are authorized deposit-taking institutions for the purposes of the Banking Act of 1959 from the Commonwealth of Australia. The obligations of these entities do not represent deposits or other liabilities of Macquarie Bank Limited. Macquarie Bank Limited does not guarantee or otherwise provide assurance in respect of the obligations of these entities unless noted otherwise.